Welcome this Thursday on the Piero Pelka podcast. Mike here, still uh, still wondering when we're going to get final election results out of places like Arizona, Nevada. Well, we know what's going on in Georgia. But California, Arizona, Nevada, a couple of places that haven't finished counting votes, if you can imagine it. Marco Rubio kind of went after all these states saying, hey, you know, Florida had a, a hurricane, a major hurricane. And by the way, they got hit with another one today, not nearly as big. But storms are storms. A hurricane is still a hurricane. And the East Coast was getting hit pretty hard early this morning. But Marco Rubio said in the middle of all of it, we had an election. We counted the votes and got it all done on the same day. Why the hell can't Arizona, New Mexico, California, why can't these places get it done? Pennsylvania's still counting votes, even though it's pretty much a fait accompli. Pennsylvania's now officially a blue state, not a swing state. Don't even think about calling it a swing state. But there there were some very bright signs. It looks like, officially, when all the votes are counted, we will get control of the House of Representatives, which means Nancy Pelosi retires. She hands the gavel to probably Kevin McCarthy. There's a couple people might give him a hard time, but it looks like it's going to be Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House. And there's still a few other races out there that have yet to be uh, finalized. Uh, I noticed this uh, lack of class over at MSNBC, not just lack of brains, but lack of class. MSNBC was talking on Joanne Reed's show with uh, a guy named Kurt Bardella, one of their regulars, former House Oversight Committee spokesperson. Uh, one of their regulars was talking about the House race in Colorado for uh, Lauren Boebert's seat, I think it's the third district. And they're still counting votes, and it's down to like a handful of votes, like 60 votes between the two people. And um, Joy Reid just can't contain herself. These classless twits talking about Lauren Boebert. This actually happened on MSNBC yesterday. Tight race against Lauren Boebert. What's the meaning if uh, Lauren Boebert, the second most popular QAnon congressperson in MAGA, what if she goes, what if she loses? And what job will she have? Because I don't even think well, shooters think exist anymore. Pew, pew, I don't think shooters exist anymore. So Joy Ann Reed is referencing Shooter's Cafe, which was the restaurant that Lauren Boebert ran. And they were encouraging people in that restaurant in Rifle, Colorado, a nice little town. Uh, people were allowed to open carry in the restaurant. I interviewed Lauren Boebert, gosh, probably eight years ago when that controversy first came up before she was even thinking about running for office and uh, shooters cafe then got squeezed out of business by the liberal who owns the property and ran them out of business. Cause that's how liberals do things. They don't like who you are. They will find a way to nudge, 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 nudge you out of business. So Joanne Reed referencing shooters cafe, you can always open another restaurant. But Lauren Boebert's been in Congress now for two years, and it's still, we're still waiting to see, will she return? I think she will. But here's where it got dicey. Claire McCaskill on the panel, this guy Kurt Bardella, 
on Joy Reid's show on MSNBC. They're just mental. Well, I guess it might be a it might be a gain for 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 OnlyFans. Uh, I, I don't know what you would do in this scenario, but I think that for, for symbolically to take out one of the poster childs of the MAGA movement, someone who has been an absolute disgrace to the office that she holds. Uh, would be a great feather in the cap and, and, and would, I think, uh, cement the fact that this has been an absolute unmitigated disaster for the MAGA wing of the Republic. They're so fascinated with Make America Great Again. They're so offended by the concept of Make America Great Again that uh, Mr. Bardella has to suggest that the only option for a former congressperson, successful business person, a restaurateur who had a successful restaurant before she went into the House of Representatives, the only solution would be for her to get into porn. That's what they think of us. And they're just so craven, these people. So freaking craven. I hope we get the news on the Lauren Boebert race. I'm still waiting to get the news on uh, Carrie Lake's race in, in uh, Arizona. They keep finding boxes of ballots and there's all kinds of shenanigans. And Carrie Lake was on with um, Tucker Carlson talking about the race and saying that she feels 100% certain she's going to win. We're only down by a few thousand votes right now. When those votes come in, we're going to see the liberal minds blowing up. I hope we get that. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. There were, as I said, some uh, shining moments. J.D. Vance winning in Ohio and now Senator J.D. Vance and uh, his acceptance speech is getting a, uh, a whole bunch of attention because he didn't thank Donald Trump. And he was a Trump-endorsed candidate. To the people of Ohio, I want to say something. I know, of course, we won a very good victory, and I'm very proud of it. Because of all of you, we won a great victory. But I want to say everything, to, to whether you voted for me or not, if you're watching on TV, whether you voted for me or not, the thing that I promise to do is go to the United States Senate and fight every single day for the people of Ohio. Thanks to you, we get an opportunity to do just that. I hope so. I hope you do fight for the people of Ohio, and I hope you're there as long as you're doing that for a long, long time. He seems like a, a really strong candidate, and I hope Donald Trump doesn't fire back at him because he didn't kiss Trump's butt during the uh, the speech where he claimed victory. Uh, speaking of speeches, yesterday Joe Biden gave a little address after the midterm elections, as is customary for presidents to do, and he seemed to be claiming a victory in, uh, in the face of losing the House, losing possibly the Senate, uh, but that, that's a win, I guess. Yeah, there was no red wave, but there is now a defeat. If you win the Super Bowl by one point, you still win the Super Bowl. Unless, of course, you're a Democrat, and then you're going to call it, well, yeah, well, you beat us, but uh, it wasn't a drubbing. And we'd like it to have been a drubbing. Uh, Joe Biden was uh, up there speechifying, and once again, he told us the quiet part. He told us what he wasn't supposed to tell us. He had been given a list of 10 people he was supposed to call on after he spoke to get questions from and uh, uh, apparently had instructions only to ask one question. They'd been told only one question. Now, I've been given a list of 10 people that I'm supposed to call on, and you're all supposed to ask me one question, but I'm sure you'll ask me more. 
And uh, so let me start off with a list I've been given. Um, uh, Zeke Miller, Associated Press. Yeah, Zeke asked I've been two given questions. A list of- Zeke, Zeke asked two questions. So the first guy up violated the rules right away, which is kind of funny. Don't you think? It is very funny to me. Uh, Joe Biden was asked uh, several different questions on the economy, on the election, on 2024 and his plans. And I I think there were some uh, very telling moments yesterday. Uh, Joe Biden was asked um, about the Hunter Biden investigation because, you know, with the GOP taking over the House, there will be investigations into Hunter Biden. And let's hope into the origins of uh, COVID as well. And uh, Joe got kind of snarky with that moment. Kind of nasty, you know. Lots of luck in your senior year, as my coach used to say. Look, um, I think the American public want us to move on and get things done for them. Yeah, sure, sure. Never mind all the criminal behavior that we know happened. Never mind what Tony Bobulinski has shared with us and more that he has. But you, you come out with a rude response to a reporter who asks about that. That rude. Good luck with your senior year. Lots of luck in your senior year. Yeah, just very rude. The guy is rude. He's not a nice guy. He's not nice Joe that we've been told he is. Not even close. And he did have some of the uh, the typical uh, bumbles, fumbles, mumbles when he was asked questions about what's going on in Ukraine in the war. I think the context is that whether or not they pull him back from Fallujah and huh? the, I mean from the... The Kyrgyzstan, the the city of Kyrgyzstan. Do you notice the reporter yelled out the correct answer? Joe said Fallujah. He's not even in the same country. And then it got a little worse, if you will. Biden's being a popular, Biden's being extremist. Biden's being a popular, Biden's being extremist. Yeah, he was talking about nuclear weapons and when he kind of hinted that there might be a nuclear war with Russia and he couldn't say he couldn't say apocalyptic, but he changed it to extremist. When pressed on the decision as to whether or not he's going to run, even though two thirds of the American people say, no, don't do it. Joey thinks that uh, it, it, it's got to be a big family decision. Never mind what two thirds of the of the country thinks, never mind that. Well, my guess is, I hope Jill and I get a little time to actually sneak away for a week around between Christmas and Thanksgiving. <laughs> so you've been on vacation 40% of your presidency and you need a week away? 40% American people haven't been away 40%. So he's going to like sit sit down and think about it with the whole family. God bless them. And God look out for us. It really is a little bit scary what's going on with this guy. I know, I know. We've been harping on it for years. People like me didn't even think he was going to make it through the first year. I didn't think at all. Because he regularly forgets where he is and what he's up to. But let's not forget that, um, that, 
this guy is forgiven for all of the blunders. Well, maybe not forgiven quite so much. CNN, after the press conference, CNN kind of uh, trashed Joe Biden. This actually happened on CNN. I almost couldn't believe I, I saw it with my own eyes. When he was asked, would you change anything? Mm -hmm. right. yeah. He said, yep. no. Now you have 75% of the country saying that we're headed in the wrong direction. He said he, he just wouldn't do anything different because of course our achievements take a long time to be recognized. That's insulting people. Yeah, that is insulting. Thank you for finally uh, saying the honest stuff. This is the moment that I think that was Gloria Borger at CNN was talking about when Joe Biden was asked, hey, you know, uh, your policies aren't exactly welcomed by, oh, I don't know, three quarters of the American people. What are you going to do differently in the last two years of this term? What in the next two years do you intend to do differently uh, to change people's uh, opinion of the direction of the country, particularly as you contemplate a run for president in 2024? Nothing. Nothing. Yes, nothing. That's what we do. Nothing. We do nothing. God, help us. Seriously. And then there was the uh, my favorite moment of the day yesterday over at MSNBC. We had a couple of moments from MSNBC. I played you the one about the, the uh, dreams that Lauren Boebert will join OnlyFans, which is kind of sick and twisted. And the fact that, uh, that Joy Reid laughed about it, and so did Claire McCaskill kind of disgusting too i thought it was you know in defense of all women no just the women who have the same party affiliation as you but also over at nbc two more instances of insanity and craziness uh, we talked about joe biden having problems putting a sentence together well msnbc thinks herschel walker has a problem I keep looking at Georgia right now, and it is shocking to me that Herschel Walker, who can barely put two sentences together sometimes, says things that don't make any kind of sense, asserts them with a lot of bravado, tells lies, is rude to people, is doing so well. Hmm. I would put Herschel Walker up against Joe Biden any time, any day. These people haven't listened to Herschel Walker. And if you want to talk about lying... Biden got endless Pinocchios on one of his statements on the economy lately. Endless Pinocchios. Can't wait to hear what he's going to say about the inflation numbers today. Never mind that inflation is up 7.7% year over year. He's going to tell us that they fixed it. No, 7.7%. Salaries didn't go up 7.7% year over year. People are still losing ground. But in terms of Joe Biden not being able to put a sentence together, he always forgets where the hell he is or what he's talking about. And the company called Micron is investing $100 billion uh -huh. to manufacture chips, the biggest investment of its kind ever in America, in American history. $100 billion. Yeah. Before that, I was in down in, in, uh, in a little further down in, in the middle of New York. Yeah, down there. And an outfit called IBM. Yeah, I, them. You They're know. investing in these chips for, for serious. Anyway, I won't go through them all. But. Yeah, I won't go through them all because I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. So the rude guy who also lies and can't put two sentences together is not Herschel Walker. It's Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. And then there was Katie Turr who stepped in it big time, who put her foot down in a pile of freshly deposited organic fertilizer 
Katie Turr over at MSNBC on a panel talking about the remarkable accomplishment of John Fetterman. And she said this yesterday. Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president. Um... I, I choked. I actually choked when I heard that. I said, no, she didn't say that. She didn't. Yes, she did. Listen to it again. Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president. Um, I know there's some variables, obviously. <laughs> what he did in the in the super red, deep red parts of Pennsylvania and the way that he ran ahead of Biden, as you were saying, ran ahead of Trump. I mean, it just makes it makes you wonder about his future. It makes me wonder about your future. I hope they had an HR moment and they brought in a psychologist to talk to you. John Fetterman as the American president, that is going to go down in the annals of stupid journalist moments on, on par with when uh, uh, Brian Stelter, the former CNN reliable sources host, what an ironically named show, Brian Stelter speculated that uh, the Democrats should hire Michael Avenatti and convince him to run for president, that he might be able to save the entire party. John Fetterman as the Democrat nominee and possible president? Hi. Good night, everybody. Hi. Good night, everybody. And it, remember when he was asked about Joe Biden running? Should uh, Joe Biden run again in 2024? I think that should be a decision made by Joe Bin. Joe Bin. Good night, everybody. And that's who Katie Turr thinks should be the nominee for president for the Democrats. She's crazy. She needs help. And just think about it. If um, if he is the nominee, if Fetterman becomes the nominee for the Democrats, who would be his running mate? Seriously, who would you have to be a running mate for that guy? Are they going to be the hoodie and cargo shorts party? What? What in God's name is Katie Turr thinking? We don't know. We can't know. That's just flat out craziness. And it's very entertaining for me. All right. Uh, I got some news tomorrow, Friday. I will be in for Rich Zioli on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT from 3 until 630. There's a Temple basketball game at 630. But I'll be there from 3 to 6.30. You can join me live at, uh, on the Odyssey app. You can listen. It's free. And you can call in and join the conversation. We have a lot going on. Uh, we're going to do some more on the protest music with the guy from Five Times August. We're going to talk about veterans because it's Veterans Day. And so we're going to do a special tribute to veterans with uh, our friend Gretchen Smith from Code of Vets. And uh, I may have a few more surprises for you. After all, it's a Friday. And we have to say Friday, Louie, to you. Right now, we're going to take a, a very quick stop, pause, pivot, and get uh, some car smarts from our friend Lauren Fix, the car coach, next on the Pure Opelka podcast. She is back, as she is almost every week. Our friend Lauren Fix, the car coach, is joining us. And I'm so happy that Lauren is with us because I learned something about Lauren this week. Lauren was on Oprah. Lauren was Oprah's car buddy years ago. How come you never told me this? 
I thought you knew that. Don't you do your homework on your guests? Before? No. No, I, 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 I am the biggest slacker in the world in radio. I do minimal homework. But, you know, uh, going that far back, you were on uh, Oprah when you were, like, in high school or something. Um, I was just recently married. I, yeah, my daughter was – it was a year after my daughter was born. Or my son was born, so it had to be, like, in the 90s. But, uh, yeah, I raced while I was pregnant, too. That's another story yeah. that just got posted. There's uh, there's seven stories I did for a YouTube channel called VinWiki. Uh, it's V-I-N-W-I-K-I. And he, if you really are a car junkie like I am, you know who he is, and you watch his stuff, and he tells stories about – he used to work at a Lamborghini dealership and a Ferrari dealership. Really cool guy. lives in Atlanta, and we became friends and met each other because we both uh, judged at Amelia Island, and that's how I met him. So I knew him, but I didn't, you know, usually you see people online or I'm hear you on the radio. You don't meet them in person. So, but you and I have met in person. So that's the cool thing. That's true. Uh, but now yeah. let, let's, yeah. I want to get to your stuff. So let's just quickly, Vin Wiki, find the YouTube channel, Vin Wiki. You can watch all the Lauren stories. There's some great stories about Lauren. I got Lauren. more. I got yeah, more. I'm saving them. Save them. <laughs> save them. But uh, we'll give Vin Wiki a little a little press because people are interested in your backstory and this oh, is real it's fascinating you. stuff it's cool i thought that was very cool yeah uh, you never know you never it's a good thing i'm a good storyteller it'd be great when i have grandchildren <laughs> yeah is that happening <laughs> yes my daughter's due in february her name is shelby after the cars so i don't know what name but they tell me to me something car related that's all I'll tell. and it's a girl that's all i know <laughs> so it won't be you go no, it'll be something like Senna or Morgan or Telbo or some something cool. Okay, so very we'll find good. out. They won't tell me; it's a big secret. So, Lauren, uh, I want to get into the Four Minute Friday, but I saw something that was kind of a contradiction, and um, it it was in the Wall Street Journal earlier this week that said the wholesale prices of used cars fell off a cliff. But the price of a used car at the car dealership is still going up. Is that what you're hearing? Well, here's the real truth. If you look at the CPI numbers, and I know you're talking about that in a different segment, but if you're, if you're looking at the numbers for used cars, they've gone up. And the reason for that is we still have a chip problem. It has not changed. Uh, I'm, I'm helping a girlfriend buy a new car. Literally, I said, hey, I'm looking for this vehicle with this engine. They're like, can't get it. We'll be lucky if we get it after the first year. But we have the smaller engine. Uh, you know, you can find, like, they have one EV on the lot. It still tell you that they're building absolute minimum numbers because they can't get the parts. And if you go, oh, it's just chips. No, it's wiring harnesses. It's tires. It's components, much of which comes from China. And if you remember that we had, and this is interesting because I was at a trade show. I think I mentioned this last week. Yeah. And they were one of the state of the industry. And my son had to restrain me from standing up and screaming at the guy because he was wrong. He said, and of course they read, they read the charts. They're chart readers. That's not the same as reality. The reality he said was there's not a lot of boats in long boat, long beach anymore. So there's no more ship backup. That's been corrected. Absolutely incorrect. The only thing that's changed is one thing. China's not sending us more product. Hmm. They're mad at us. And they have their own problems where they're shutting down plants. With one person gets COVID, they shut the whole plant down. And so that is a problem when we rely solely on getting a lot of these components from China. Not just car parts, but things that you're going to need for the holiday season still not coming in. Walk around any big box store, which I have done literally in all areas of the country, because when I get to certain cities, I try to buy food that I like to eat for traveling. And there's nothing on the shelves. It's really crazy. Big gaps of things that aren't there. And, of course, you know, the stores that are 
good like Walmart and Target. They'll fill it in and move stuff around. But there's a lot of empty shelves, and that's because we're not getting stuff in from China. So if you're thinking about your holiday season, I'm going to tell you right now, buy way ahead. A lot of people are using gift cards. It's just a lot easier. There's going to be delays in car parts. There's going to be delays in used car. Everything is not changing. Well, How about uh, that? what was your, your story? You said, yeah, I have to ask you about your friend with the Volvo who had a problem. Yeah, my girlfriend, uh, who I helped, convinced her into this XC90 Volvo top-of-the-line loaded inscription, the whole nine yards, and she has a problem with her center screen. Happens on cars. It's not the car's fault. It just is. And she took the car to the dealer, like anyone would do, and they said, well, you know, we tried every software update. We're going to have to get a new wiring harness, which I kind of figured when she told me what the story was, but I didn't want to get it. I didn't want to jump the gun on the service guy, and he's like, we have literally tried everything. The harness that she needs has to come from Europe. And because they have a problem with wiring harnesses, a lot of that stuff comes out of Ukraine. It comes out of Russia and a lot of components. They are telling her six to nine months. So she's put tried to put an insurance claim on it. And of course, that's not probably going to go anywhere. So I made a suggestion to her. I said, within that same dealer group, whatever group that is in your area, and you got a problem like this where the car is like, we can't. We don't know how long it's going to be. She doesn't have a rental car. You know, doesn't have a backup vehicle. And most people don't. What do you do? I suggested to her that she sell the vehicle to the dealer, the same dealer group, not the same brand necessarily, but some companies carry like one brand, some carry twenty brands. I said within that group, see if they can do a deal because they'll take that vehicle in and they'll sell it through a company called ACV. It's an auction house. Online, boom, it's gone like within twenty four hours, and you can take that money and put it toward another vehicle. Plus, you get the tax credit. You go to another branded dealer that has completely different things. It's very difficult when a car is not drivable, and they typically don't want it. So they did her a deal. We got her into a Genesis GV70. She loves it, and she keeps her cars for a long time. So it's got a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty, and uh, it's a little smaller, which is what she wanted. And they're going to take that vehicle in, and they gave her you know, less than what market is, but because it needs a part, and they can't sell it. It's going to go to an auction house. Someone will buy it and wait for the part, and she gets a new car. So that's what I would suggest if you can find one. But they didn't have the larger engine. They only had the smaller engine fully loaded, which I found very interesting. They didn't have partially, like usually you can go to a dealer and say, I want a car that doesn't have this, this, or that. Nope. All the vehicles on their lot, they only had four, were fully loaded. <laughs> so they're selling fully loaded cars. Yeah, because that's a higher price point, right, which means more profit margin. So all vehicles coming in are fully loaded, and they're all with smaller engine because they're trying to get that corporate average fuel economy down. That's what the plan is. It's interesting. It's very smart, but then again, it's not good for the customer because they can't get what they want. That's why we love talking to Lauren. We get car smarts, which happens in the format of Friday video that Lauren puts out every Friday. There's an entire library of them on Lauren's YouTube channel, Car Coach Reports. What are we learning this week, Lauren? Uh, we're talking about your car tracking you. So you may not know this, and, and I actually showed my girlfriend this. I kind of freaked her out. I said, sit in the car. I took out my phone, and just like where you would sit, facing toward the gauges, I took a picture. And I see, and I showed her the picture right away. I go, see, I go, you see those two little red dots? She goes, yeah. I go, it's tracking you. She goes, oh, I had that in my Volvo. I had that in my Lincoln before that. It says, pull over and take a cup of coffee. You know, stop. You've all seen that, right? Where you get the notification, you know, pay attention to the road or, get to, or do you need a rest or do you need a cup of coffee? That's their nice way of saying, we're tracking your eyes and we know you're not watching the road. Now, if you're wearing really dark glasses, they it may not pick it up, but I will, and it doesn't, won't, may not give you the notification. You can shut that off, but they're trying to mandate it 
as being standard because like I've said in that infrastructure bill that passed last year it has all the ability for them to collect your data keep your data which they've been doing and not sell it but a lot of brands won't sell it because it's your privacy some brands are partnering and selling that data because there's tons of value where did you go Michael how many how long were you there were you driving how long did you drive all this information is completely collected and now because of that infrastructure bill they're going to be listening in your car collecting what's called metadata or telematics that's in it's all the stuff that's in that center screen and they're keeping that data and they're selling it and they've been doing it for years and now they're going to make it amp it up to a whole new level so the good news is is that um, there's proposed legislate legislation to combat the current fate of our data privacy. The bad news is we don't know how long the legislation will take to pass, if it will at all. So what I'm understanding here, I know my car tracks me where I'm going. It follows where every route I go, because on Saturdays when I get in the car early, the first place it suggests to go is the golf course because it knows <laughs> seriously that's where I'm yes, going. Yes, it's on your Instagram. Yeah. I see it every I see it every Saturday. You're out golfing like super uh, early in the morning. I know, but the car instantly tells me when I turn on my car. You're 12 miles away from the golf course. It'll take you 14 minutes to get there. So it knows that. But now what's happening as well is it's listening to you. It's mm-hmm. also monitoring your your eyes and your face to see if it looks like you're tired. And it is sending you these notices, which will get more and more onerous as the technology improves. And I'm using air quotes with my fingers. But this <sighs> is monitoring your behavior. And all that data is going somewhere and yep. will be sold or outsourced to either uh, third parties who are interested in selling you stuff or governments who are interested in monitoring what you are doing or were doing before an incident may have happened. This is a Fourth Amendment violation, and we need to make sure we follow this. Lauren, I want everybody to get this week's Car Coach Reports, 4-Minute Friday. So go to the YouTube channel, Car Coach Reports. Get it, watch it, make it a habit. My friend, thank you for sounding the alarm on this. I appreciate it. You are welcome. Remember, 90% of the cars sold in the U.S. have this tracking device in it already. Oh, is that all? Oh, Oh, that's all. So that's why I have old cars. I have cars that are going... Yeah, we're all going to buy. Them. We're all going to buy 1967 Camaros. <laughs> uh, well, it'd be 65 Mustangs for me, but yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Lauren Fix. Follow, right, follow Lauren. She's on. She's on YouTube. Yeah, but she's on Instagram and Twitter too. Lots of great stuff. Thanks, my friend. Thank you. 